Hello and welcome to episode 2 of the Narada Audio Drive-In, our Pulpery Theater Season 4 Extra. Come on in, there's plenty of parking, and the speakers have been upgraded to provide you with the finest sound possible. Our snack bar is loaded with all kinds of goodies, and our lineup is just as tasty. Here's what's in store for you. Just in time for Christmas, we start out with a new segment called The Consumer Review, and will feature a child's toy that might give kids and their folks a few problems. That's followed by our second chapter of the original Western serial, Jake Dimes, Range Detective, continuing the adventure of our cowboy investigator and his sidekick. And then we bring you our feature presentation, Black Roses, a weird thriller from the pen of Mark Slade, modern audio drama's very own H.P. Lovecraft. So thanks for joining us, and enjoy the show, which will begin following this announcement from the management. Get more out of life. Come often and bring your family to our drive-in theater. Ach, hello there. Give the demonstration of my new invention, the goodies machine. The machine turns out delicious hot doggies one after the other. And thirst-quenching sodas also. Gives popcorn of the most tasty kind, plain and buttered. Candy too, crunchy and dandy. Steaming hot coffee and ice cream too. These goodies are at a snack bar, just waiting for you. If you leave the theater, folks, please be careful. Don't let this happen to your car. Be sure to remove the speaker before you leave. If you should accidentally pull a speaker loose, Please turn it in at our snack bar or box office. Thanks. It's time to introduce a new segment to our Pulpery Theater special features lineup, The Consumer Review, alerting you, the consumer, to specific products in the marketplace so that you might make better, safer, and more informed purchases. And to present our very first unbiased report of a specific product, we introduce our very own consumer reviewer, Mr. Armhurst Suderhode of Northwest Mounted University. Welcome to the Narado Radio Microphone, Mr. Suderhode, or is it Dr.? No, it's just Mr. I have a master's degree in economics, but never went for my doctorate. Well, we don't think any less of you for that, Mr. Suderhode. And why don't you get started with your very first consumer review? What is this you've brought with you today? Yes. Well, I brought with me today a sample of a child's toy, which, after much testing, I can only describe as completely unsafe for children. It's one of a set of building blocks, but as you can see, it's very large. Larger than usual for something of this nature. Really, and it's very heavy, too. I took this block to a local playground and asked several children of varying ages to try and pick it up, and they couldn't. One little boy got a corner of it, picked it up, and dropped it almost immediately, and very nearly crushed the toe underneath it. On top of that, several of them burst into tears out of sheer frustration because it, it was too heavy to play with. And here, take a close look at it. You can see the sharp corners, and its very rough outer texture, too. Yes, and... You're describing this as a child's building block, sir? I am, and as such I'm giving it one out of four stars for overall toy design, one half star for safety, and two stars for ruggedness. For while it's very heavy and hard, it can be broken. I saw several shattered samples at the store where I bought this one. But, sir, this is a common cinder block used in the construction of buildings. 
Oh? Well, I still say it's completely unsafe for children to play with. It's not a child's toy at all! This is exactly what I'm saying. Parents, under no circumstances should you buy these building blocks for your children. Well, I'm glad we got that settled. Just which toy store did you buy this from, Mr. Suderhout? It was a home improvement store close to my house. Lots of other kids' toys available there too, eh? What was that? Skip it. Well, that's all the time we have for now. I'd like to thank our consumer reviewer, Mr. Armhurst Suderhold of Northwest Mountain University, and be sure to join us again next time for another installment of The Consumer Review. The Consumer Review starred Jack J. Ward as the interviewer and Kareem C. Cronfley as the consumer reviewer. What's to eat? What's to drink? Good food galore. Quick as a wink. Bye. Ice cream bars. It's the handy way to enjoy smooth, rich, creamy ice cream. Get some. Popcorn freshly popped and buttered. Mmm. Look good? Sure, it looks good, and it tastes even better. Get some now. Showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. Audio presents Jake Dimes, Range Detective, a tale of the Old West by Pete Lutz, starring the Narada Radio Company. Tonight, Chapter 2, Taming the Man-Killer. Tonight, we continue our Western saga called Jake Dimes, Range Detective by Pete Lutz. Our story so far, Range Detective Jake Dimes and his sidekick, Briar Buck, have been sent by the Pinkelson Agency to investigate a series of payroll robberies on the D-Bar-D Ranch in Arizona. So far, they've met the owner of the ranch, Slim Sutcliffe, who has taken Buck on as the new cook, while Jake's gone over to rival Rolling N Ranch under an assumed name to work for Fred Greenslade. Jake has met and seemingly charmed Greenslate's daughter, Chris, while Briarbuck's cooking and hefty frame seem to have made an impression on Sutcliffe's mother, Molly. It's now the morning after Jake and Buck get their new jobs on the rival ranches. Buck, as we learn, has already been accepted as the cook, but if you recall from our last episode, Jake's actual position hadn't yet been established. We meet up with Jake and his boss, Fred Greenslate, at the West Corral Fence. Morning, Mr. Greenslate. Good morning, Dawson. Good to see you up and about. Early riser, that's me, sir. Had a couple of years in the Army. After that, I never could shake an early reveille. Glad to know it, Dawson. I was an Army man myself nigh on to 20 years or so ago. Gives a man discipline, eh? 
Yes, sir. So, what do you want to show me today? Show you, sir? Certainly, young man. You told me yesterday that you possessed a certain number of skills. I'm ready to see whatever skill you'd like to show me. Morning, boss. Dawson. Howdy. Oh, good morning, Hickam. Our new hand here was just about to show me what he's capable of. Oh? And what's that, Dawson? Well, uh, I was wondering if you had a bronc as needed busting. <laughs> well, first day on the job and he asks for a bronc. <laughs> what do you think of that, Hickam? Oh, I think we can help him, boss. We still got that Roan Stallion fireball over yonder in the East Corral. Nobody's been able to break him yet. Fireball? Are you asking to have our new man killed on his first day? No, Hickam. That won't do. I want Fireball's to... a man-killer, eh? Well, Mr. Greenslate, I never yet met a man-killer that weren't eaten out of my hand eventually. Why not let me sit in the mic? Well, Dawson, uh, I must say I admire your confidence. Uh, but uh, just to be clear, young man... I won't be responsible. This is your decision, agreed? Agreed, sir. All right, then. Hickam, get everything ready over at the East Corral. be. Word sure did travel fast. Isn't there any work going on today? It's been a long time since anybody's gone up again fireball, boss. You wouldn't begrudge anybody a chance of seeing this, would you? Well, no, I, I reckon not. Dawson, uh, you ready, son? Ready as I'll ever be, sir. All right, just go on into the stable there and get some gloves and chaps or whatever you might want to suit up in. Hickam will put Fireball in the chute so you can mount up. Thanks, Mr. Greenslate. There's nothing else I'd want to put on, but I'd be obliged for a few moments alone in the stable. Want to make peace with your creator, eh? Something like that, yes, sir. Morning, Dad. What's all the excitement? Oh, there you are, Chris. I didn't see you at breakfast, dear. No, I went for a ride early this morning. Just got back. What's happening here? Did the South rise again? Nothing like that, no. I hired a new man yesterday, and... Uh... Jake Dawson, yes. I've met him. Oh, you have, have you? Hmm. Well, as I was saying, Dawson is going to try to break Fireball this morning. Dad, no! Not Fireball! Why, four of your best men have been badly hurt nearly killed by that devil. I can't believe you'd force a man on his first day. Force nothing. <laughs> he jumped at the chance to do it, I'll have you know. Well, he either wants to prove himself in the worst way possible, or he's suicidal. I've got to stop him. And what's wrong with a man trying to prove himself? Hey, wh wh where are you going? Chris! Boy, 
if in you ain't the biggest dad blame fool in the Arizona territory. Why not let me sit in my mind? Ha! <laughs> I never yet met a man killer that weren't eating out of my hand. Fool. If you had any brains, Jake, da- what? Who's that? Jake, it's Chris. I came to see if you were all right. Oh, sure, uh, sure, Miss Greenslade. I'm right as rain. Just, uh, just looking for my hat. It's on your head. Huh? Oh, why, sure. There it is. Well, I'd better, uh... Jake, you don't have to do this. Well, miss, even I don't. I'll be out of a job. Seems like your pa's expecting me to bust this bronc. That's just it. This is Fireball. No one's been able to bust him. He's near crippled four men that I know of, four strong men who worked for Dad. I don't know what to say to you, Miss Greenslate. I gave your pa my word, and I can't go back on it. Now, if and you'll excuse me. All right. If you want to be a fool, if you want to get killed, go ahead. Don't say I didn't warn you, and, and don't get it into your head that I care one whit about what happens to you. <laughs> Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo, doggies. Now just which man-killer am I trying to break here? Hi, Hickam. Hold him steady now. Much obliged. Took you long enough. I thought for sure Chris had talked you out of it. I won't say she didn't come close. She's got a way of making a man want to do things for her. Well, you just keep away from that filly. Mr. Greenslate don't like ranch hands sniffing around his daughter. Why, Hickam, you sound as if you expect me to survive this here little encounter with Fireball. I'm obliged for your support. Time to quit jawing, hombre. Let her rip. See you in the doc's office. <laughs> Look at him go. <laughs> that young fella sure can sit a horse. I've never seen anyone stay on Fireball so long. Hey, Hickam, there you are. Are you timing this? Six seconds so far, sir. Fireball's giving him everything he's got. Yes, but Dawson's holding on. I honestly think he's got a chance of breaking it. Oh, Dad, he'll be killed. I can't look. Ten seconds? I'll be dipped. It's a new record. And he's still in the saddle. And, and fireball slowing down. What? Oh, my. Look, Dad. Dad, he's done it. I'll be. I never in my born days expected this. What's the time, Hickam? I, uh, well, I stopped watching the clock, sir. But I reckon about 20. 20 seconds. 20 seconds to break a hell horse like Fireball. <laughs> that boy is amazing, Hickam. Yes, sir. Amazing. That's what he is. from Corpus Christi and I cooked a mess of grub so now that they done edit all them dishes I'm a scrub oh Consuela Consuela don't you cry for I didn't mean to smash you and get so proud in your eye 
Got a towel cookie? Whoop. Oh. Now look. Half my water's gone. Mrs. Sutcliffe, ma'am, why'd you have to? Ha <laughs> ha, Cookie, you're such a comical fella. I can't help trying to make you jump. But I would like to help you finish the washing up. Well, there's an apron hanging over there on that nail. It's clean enough, I reckon, to dry them panes with. Thanks, and you call me Molly. No, ma'am, that wouldn't be right. You're my boss's mole. Hmm, suppose I ordered you to call me Molly. Ordered me? Well, I reckon you got some authority on account of your son, huh? Yes, yes, I'd say so. And I also reckon that if and I like my job, I gotta follow her orders, huh? Keep going, and you're doing just fine. Molly? Yes, Cookie? <clears throat> you wash. I'll dry. Dawson, I got your part. Walk slow like. <laughs> Say there, Dawson. I ain't never seen nobody ride a bronc the way you done today. Lord of mercy. <laughs> that old man killer was nothing but a pup when you was done with him. <laughs> Ooh. Thanks, Smokey. Can you help me to my bunk? I was okay while riding him, but now I'm all shaky like. Ugh. Much obliged. <laughs> Are you sure you ain't shaky from that gal child of green slates and that lip smack she planted on you? Oh, now, Smokey, don't write me about that. That was the last thing I expected to happen. Well, part, better me riding you than Hickam. That range boss of ours is mighty sweet on that gal. His face was right full of thunder when he saw that kiss. Oh, shoot. Ain't that just my luck? Um, how does she feel about him? Well, Chris Greenslade ain't got time for a sidewinder like Bert Hickam. Why, well, I could tell you tales about it. About what, Smokey? Oh, um, howdy, Hickam. <laughs> well, gotta go, Dawson. So long. Yep, that's a mighty fine ride today. <laughs> Yeah, Dawson, that was some fine riding. The boss was fairly impressed. Yeah, I noticed he didn't say much to me directly. Well, he was a little head up over you slobbering all over his daughter. Is that what it was, Hickam? I could have swore it was the other way around. But I calmed him down some, and after a minute he kind of laughed and said he'd been so excited about what you'd done he might have kissed you himself. Mm-hmm. Under the circumstances, I'm kind of glad he held back. You got some mouth on you, don't you, Dawson? Well, get this. You may be the hero now, but I'm the range boss. And what I say in this bunkhouse and on the trail goes, you get me, hombre? 
I get you, Hickam. Is that all? Yeah, that... No, that ain't all. I warned you before, you keep away from Chris Greenslade or... Hickam, your problem ain't with me keeping away from Miss Greenslade. Your problem's with Miss Greenslade keeping away from me. Why, you no good goddamn son of a bitch. If you weren't flat on your back, I'd teach you some manners. Well, why don't Hickam. I stand up then and... Hickam! Hickam, the boss wants you. What? What, what for? Didn't say rightly. Once you in a powerful hurry, though, he did say. Oh, howdy, Dawson. Howdy, part. All right. Remember what I said, Dawson. Don't let me catch you. Whew. Saved in the nick of time. I don't think I'd have won that round. Jake Dimes falls back in his bunk, exhausted and sore from the effort of bronco-busting, and falls into a deep sleep. Will he dream about his sweetheart back in Celestial City, Marigold Pinkelson? Or will he see visions of the new girl, Chris Greenslade? And what of his roly-poly sidekick, Briar Buck, over at the D-Bar-D Ranch? He appears to have his own romantic troubles with Molly Sutcliffe, doesn't he? And what about the payroll robberies? Will our detective get a chance to look into that, or will he have to keep one eye peeled for Hickam? To find out what happens next, tune in to Chapter 3 of Jake Dimes' Range Detective, coming soon. Chapter 2, Taming the Man-Killer, was written, produced, and directed by Pete Lutz, and starred Dana Gonzalez as Jake Dimes. Austin Beach as Briar Buck, Kristen DiMercurio as Chris Greenslate, Nancy Bueller as Molly Sutcliffe, Tommy Gregg as Hickam, and Joe Stofko as Fred Greenslate, with additional voices by Owen McEwen, Scott Phillips, Russell Gold, and Pete Lutz. Your announcer was Darren Rockhold. Join us again next time when you'll hear Briar Buck say... Howdy, parts. This ain't no way to greet a feller. Wearing bandanas across your faces and holding guns on him. I ain't got nothing. Listen, you want them vittles under the tarp over there. This has been a 63 Audio production. The episode title announcer was Glenn Higby. The Jake Dimes theme was composed by Pete Lutz and arranged by Dr. Ross Bernhardt. Sound effects were obtained through a Creative Commons license and the public domain. Harmonica stings were composed and performed by Pete Lutz. Additional music in this episode, The Grand Canyon Suite, Movement 3, On the Trail by Ferd Groffet. Thanks for listening, and stay tuned for Potpourri Theater, coming next on the Narada Audio Drive-In. It's intermission. Rise and stretch time. Time to refresh yourself and visit our snack bar. Got a yen for hot popcorn? Your favorite soft drinks are sparkling cold. 
the juicy Frank sizzling hot. There's delicious coffee freshly brewed and all kinds of ice cream and candy to tempt you. Showtime will be announced loud and clear to get you back to your car in time. So stretch your legs. Come to the snack bar now. The most popular beverage in America, milk. Refreshing and delicious. The perfect pickup and energizer. Get yours now. Our feature presentation. The following audio drama is rated PG for depictions of graphic violence and adult language. Listener discretion is advised. Continuing our outstanding audio dramas. This is Pulp Quarry Theater, starring the Narada Radio Company. Inspired by the best pulp in the world, welcome to Pulp Puri Theater, starring the Narada Radio Company. Tonight, Black Roses by Mark Slade. Good evening. Tonight we present the world premiere of a play by a guy who's been at this audio drama game for a number of years, Mr. Mark Slade. Mark's been an author his entire life, but only recently started getting his work published. In the audio drama world, he's been quite prolific. He's the creator of the Sundowner series and the Hangman's Dozen series. He's written several plays for Jeff Niles Presents, under the 4077th All Better Audio Banner. Mark and I, I think you'll be interested to know, met up on Facebook through an audio drama fan group, and since that day, we've collaborated on a number of projects. I've lent my voice to several of his productions. I have written and produced one play for The Hangman's Dozen and penned another for publication in his horror anthology book, Wicked Gardens. Mark has graciously returned the favor by providing us with this very eerie story that we know you'll love. And now here's Lisa Ayala to tell you a little bit more. We issue this warning. Tonight's play contains adult language and violence of a rather strange nature. So if you are of a nervous disposition or get frightened easily, we advise you calmly, but sincerely, to turn off this program now. Let's meet Mickey and his gang of buddies, who are leaving their apartment house to hit the town for the night.
were doing tonight? I don't know, Joey. I'm surprised Maggie let him out again. What? She lose the shackles, Mickey? Only shackles we use is handcuffs that's attached to our bedpost. Go on the rocks and get a few drinks. Again? We were just in there last night. You want us to have drinks at your grandma's like we did last Saturday, Greg? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, don't make fun. She loves the company. You had a good time. Look at all the meatballs you ate. Grandma, shouldn't you be in out of the weather? Might catch your death out here. She already looks like death. Oh. I have something for you, my son. <laughs> for me? What? A black rose? Nah, Grandma, I need a red rose. A black. N- not very romantic. You understand. Who the hell sells black roses? Come on, Joey. Don't go breaking the old lady's heart. Just take the flower and say thank you. A black rose represents every mother's tear for the loss of their child. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Grandma. Joey will clutch it to his heart even when he lies in his grave. I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will. God, you're so freaking grim with your jokes, Mickey. Why you call it Grandma? That ain't your Grandma. Hey! Stop down! Go on the wrong way! Boston's on shit street! <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> the nerve to call Mickey a punk. <laughs> oh man, I didn't know what was going to happen, right? Ah, uh, the guy didn't know what he was doing. Mickey offers to shake the man's hand. What? what? The man looks at Mickey's hand for a second. Then he gets this stupid grin on his face and takes the handshake. Mickey grips the man's hand hard and swings him around like they're dancing. Brings his arm down and Mickey steps in with the left jab right in the nose. The jerk-off steps back, holding his nose, crying that Mickey broke his nose. Mickey says, that'll teach you to step on my wingtips. (laughs) (laughs) I gotta take a piss. I'll join you.
Hey, Mickey. How's it going, fellas? Look at you. No suit, Mickey? Nah. I got it out of your closet. Your wife gave it to me after I gave it to her. <laughs> Hi, Mickey. Come by and see me sometime. Maybe, toots. Maybe. Talk to you about Mickey. Oh yeah. Uh, what about? About the last jug. <clears throat> I told you never to talk about that. Mickey, you don't understand. I understand. I understand. I understand. I told you guys to keep your mouths shut. Okay, Joey. I know, I know, just, I've been having nightmares about that God. I want to know if we're getting our money is all. Joe, I swear to God, you say one more word, and you'll find yourself in the dump where they found that God. Understand me now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mickey. Anyone else want more? No? I'll have some. Of course you will, you alcoholic bastard. <laughs> hey, what's, what's wrong with you, Joey? Nothing's wrong with him. Let him alone. You mind if he answers for himself? Yeah, let the man talk. He's quieter than usual tonight. Well, Joey, it's okay by me if you answer their question. <sighs> we gotta talk, fellas. But, uh, orders came down that we are not to discuss certain things. He read his horoscope earlier. He's a little upset about it. I think I know what's going on. Good. <laughs> Maybe you can explain it. It's about that job, right? You talking about the museum job we did a few weeks ago? Yeah, yeah you remember that museum, museum job? job? Come on, man. Just drop it, you knucklehead. We need to talk about important things. 
like money. Is that what this hubbub is about? That poor man pleading, pleading for his life. I can't get the image out of my head. That man, that poor man. He was asking us to spare him. Ow! Shut up! Shut up, all of you! We're not gonna talk any more about it. We're all going to keep our traps shut, or we won't have any traps left to shut. Hey, look. That girl's looking at us. She's been looking at us all night. She's got the bluest eyes I've ever seen. But she looks Italian. She's gotta be Italian. Her hair is so dark. Olive complexion. Who cares about her hair or eyes? Look at the body on her. over there would like you to sit at our table and share a drink. They would, would they? We noticed you were by yourself and figured you were lonely. So, a woman can't sit alone in a bar and have a drink or two without a group of men thinking she's lonely. Mister, you've got some funny rules in this town. I, uh, sorry. Didn't mean to, It uh... just so happens I was here waiting for a friend. Someone I met at the airport. Not from this dank, dark town. <laughs> okay, well, I guess another time. So happens, my friend never showed up. You and your friends are right. <sighs> I am lonely. <laughs> oh, yeah? I don't care to have another drink in this depressing dump, but... If you and your friends decide to join me in my room for a nightcap... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm sure they would... All of us? Yes. All of you. Unless the four of you have other plans. No! No, I'll, uh... Go tell them. Meet me out front. You do have a car. Yeah, yeah, of course. Great. Meet me out front. What'd she say? Looks like you struck out, Mickey. <laughs> she wants us to go to her hotel room for a nightcap. All of us? <laughs> yeah, all of us. <laughs> <laughs> You're coming, right, Joey? Of course he is. Oh, sure, Mickey. Anything you say. If you are, great. If not, we'll leave you at 23rd Street. Either way, cut the attitude. I gotta get a car quick. She wants us to drive her. We ain't got no car. I know, Einstein. Wait, Georgia is tending bar. I'm sure she'll lend it to me. I don't know, Mickey. You took her to the movies three months ago. Her old man gave her a shiner. Just leave it to me. Georgia! Hey, doll. What do you want, Mickey? I just want to talk. I'm working. I can see that. Come on, Georgia. My little Georgia Beach. Look, um, I'm sorry I got you in trouble with Angela. 
I knew it was a bad idea. But you did it anyway. That's how you are. You did it too? Yeah, I did it too. But we can't do it again, ever. Angelo will bury my body in the backyard of his cousin Ramona's house. That crazy broad? <laughs> the one that makes dolls with no eyes? <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Okay, Georgia. Never again. Never again. I got a favor to ask you. God, of course you do. It's important, Georgia. I saw you talking to yourself a few minutes ago. That's a bad habit. Huh? Huh? <laughs> what, what? No, I wasn't... You got that look on your face. Gotta do something for Carlos? I can't say. Okay. I'm not giving you my car. This is sort of the company car. Other employees of Carlos have used it. Light brown Chevy Caprice, parked third from the light pole. Thanks a lot, Georgia Peach. You just saved my hide. Yeah, yeah. Just change out the plate that's in the trunk after you're done. Put it back where you found it. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> What's taking Greg and Joey so long? <laughs> Maybe she couldn't find their dicks. <laughs> How come you didn't go first, Mick? Give me another beer. It was her choice. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> They're awful quiet. You think you'd hear something, heavy breathing, or her screaming. Maybe she's a lame lay. Who knows? <laughs> All right. I'm going to go check on him. You dirty sod. <laughs> you just want to watch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't get no ideas, buddy. What the hell? Lowell? What's wrong? <laughs> Lowell! <laughs> what is that thing? She's like a, a... A giant... Spider! Her fingernails went right through him! Joey! Greg! That thing is eating them! It's coming towards us! Holy hell! Let's get out of here! Hey, Maggie. Hey, Lol. Mickey around? Yeah, come in. What's wrong? You don't look too good. Just, he's in another mood. Hey, trust me. Everything's going to be okay. No reason to be down. Look at me. You trust me? Yeah. Yeah, I trust you. Good. Now give me a smile. Okay. <laughs> that ain't so hard, is it? Lol, I'm a little scared. 
Mickey... Mickey's not himself. He won't sleep in the bed anymore. He woke up one night screaming that he was lying in a bed of black roses. Ugh. Whatever that means. He... He hasn't been well. Not since that woman. That thing. Killed Joey and Greg. He... He really loved Joey. Like a brother. I know he did. We all did. And Greg. They were great guys. They really were. The cops were here. Oh, again? Jeez, come on. Don't they have better things to do? They're trying to tie you two to the murder scene of Joey and Greg. They're stinking liars! We left them at Roth's talking to that girl. The cops... The cops say there was no girl at Roth's that fit that description, lol. Look... I know about Georgia. I know about his other women. Georgia is a redhead. Cops say that night, at that time, there was no dark-haired woman in the bar. Okay, a few silver-haired, but mostly bleach blonde and light brown. Georgia told the cops that Mickey was acting strange, talking to thin air, sitting alone at a table, chatting with no one. What? Hey, come on, Maggie. You think I'm dumb? That's the problem with the four of you. You think females are beneath you. I hear what's on the street too, lol. I know what you guys do. You don't just work at the dowry ice plant. You guys work for Carlos Manuel. <laughs> nah. Who? Never heard of the guy. Maggie. I swear, <laughs> on my mother's grave. Then what's this? That looks like a plan to break into a building, lol. I found it in a gym bag Mickey left in a closet a few months ago, along with spare clothing. I hid it in the dumbwaiter of this building a few floors down. I knew the cops would be looking here. <sighs> I was right. Maggie! The less you know, the better off you are. What do you want, Lowell? Mickey! <laughs> hey, uh, what's up? You're a sight for sore eyes. What do you want? Um, I have some dishes to do. Nice seeing you, Lowell. Yeah, you, 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 you too, Maggie. You too. Okay, what is it, Lowell? Can, can we go to the rooftop, Mickey? <sighs> yeah, yeah. Better we talk there anyway. What? What's that hanging out of your coat pocket? What? It's, it's a flower, Mickey! Jesus, the old lady down the hall gave it to me. It's a black rose. Get rid of it. Get rid of it, I tell ya. Okay, okay. There, I threw it down to the street. <sighs> Just calm yourself. Something's after me, Lowell. I tell ya. <laughs> Something's after me. What are you talking about? 
Mickey, I know things have been rough. <sighs> Look, I just wanted to ask when Carlos was going to pay us for that job. My life is in jeopardy and you want to talk about money? I thought we were friends. You, me, Joey, and Greg, we've run around since grade school. Come on, Mickey. I got bills to pay. You mean you owe your goddamn bookie? Hey, asshole. I put my life on the line to help you steal that stupid statue for Carlos. Here's what I think. I think Carlos already paid you. You've got the dough stashed someplace, and you and Maggie are going to take off with 200 grand. <laughs> okay, Lowell, if only you could hear yourself. How stupid do you think it would be to give up what I have for such a small slice of the pie? Thing is, Mickey, I went and saw Carlos. Oh yeah, I know you said you'd handle all of the business. He told me he never hired you to steal the statue. He never heard of it. Hell if he didn't. Me and Carlos talked about this six months ago in his office. Why would he lie? You're the lying dirtbag in this case. Come on, Mickey. I did some digging. That statue of the Spider Woman? Yeah, that weird dingus we stole? I read that it's worth millions. You're making this up. For Christ's sakes, Carlos did hire us. It ain't working on me, brother. I ain't some squeeze you can turn on your charm for. To the right buyer, it's worth millions. There's plenty of weirdo rich people who like that stuff. It's rumored to hold magical powers. Magical? Yeah! The power to turn people into whatever they want. It's old. Dating back to the 1500s or something. Now, I don't believe in that stuff, not for one minute, but I saw some pretty freaky stuff the other night, and... Wait. Mickey! Is that... No! Represents every mother's tear. <laughs> For the lost. Of their child. <laughs> You gave me a fright, baby. You packed for Rio de Janeiro? Yeah. But you need to make room for this in your bag. Here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the statue. Can't forget this.
That was Black Roses, the second episode of Pulp Reed Theater's fourth season. Featured in our cast, George Hatfield as Joey, John Washington as Lowell, Nick Womack as Mickey, Kyle Bauer as Greg, Mary Lee Robinson as The Old Woman, Christina Gabriella as The Girl, Ashley Christine Vega as Georgia, and Jackie Ayers as Maggie. With additional voices by Christy Glick and Pete Lutz. Your announcer was Lisa Ayala. Black Roses was written especially for Pulp Reed Theater by Mark Slade. This episode was, as always, produced and directed by Pete Lutz. And now, here's Pete to tell us about our next episode. Coming up next time is our annual holiday offering, but this show is a doozy. We're bringing you a cornucopia of Christmas scenes remade from old-time radio shows and recitations of classic holiday poems. We know you'll love it, and we hope you won't miss it. That's next time on Pulpery Theater. And until then, this is Pete Lutz reminding you to call me if your situation improves and to keep your ears clean. Music for Black Roses was specially composed and performed by Tom Parsons. Sound effects were obtained on freesound.org through a Creative Commons license or via the public domain. The preceding production was sourced from materials in the public domain except where indicated. The audio play script and the production itself are original works and are the property of their creator and thus protected by copyright. This production was pre-recorded and mixed at 63 Audio, Corpus Christi, Texas. Remember, Pulp Puri Theater is your source for the best in audio drama. This has been a 63 Audio production. to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night. combined features is under the supervision of Pete Lutz and is produced in Corpus Christi, Texas. This has been a 63 Audio production. Uh, Eagle Screech. No! No, no, no! Uh, 63 Audio production. You don't own every show, man. Sorry, pard.
63 Audio.